This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Kerclick.com. On this episode, we are trying to answer the question, can your homeschooler go to college? Over the years, we have heard a lot of homeschool parents communicate an unhealthy dose of fear when it comes to thinking about sending their kids to college. We're going to talk about that tonight. We also invite two college admission counselors into the studio. We ask them just what they're seeing in homeschool applicants to college, including a very big issue, which is pride in homeschoolers and their parents. And I have, I have worked in admissions off, except for the standard jokes you get no matter where you go about homeschoolers being socially awkward. Uh, we don't care. Right. <laughs> we're, we're not like you don't come in and we think, ooh, homeschoolers, you know, like they're going to be smart. You know, we don't think we, we don't. You can smell them from the parking right. Level. We really don't care. We uh, we care about you as an individual and a student homeschooling. Is, is a means to an end. We also listened to a voicemail that one of our listeners sent into the show. And we dig into a very special edition of the Hurler's Treasure Chest. Keep listening. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we discover what it means to homeschool in real life. homeschoolers, it's time to simplify what you're doing. Kerclick.com is your one-stop source for ebooks, unit studies, and truly excellent live classes. Your kids can take a semester or year of science, history, government, foreign languages, literature, and writing classes all from your laptop. Kerclick hosts free clubs for Lego enthusiasts, Magic Treehouse readers, and American Girl lovers, and much, much more. Kerclick. Curriculum and classes in a click. So that's not just a commercial because we actually use Kerclick in our house. Yes, we do. Our 13-year-old is right now taking a pre-algebra class online at Kerclick, and our 10-year-old is taking a literature class. Those are fabulous. They have to be accountable to a teacher and turn subject material in every week. So we actually advertise for them and we use them because we like them. That's right. And actually, Fletch, that's what we do here at Homeschooling in Real Life. Right. We endorse what we love. That's right. All right. So we're in the studio tonight talking uh, maybe the second in a series so far. We have, do we have a series going on college? A couple of shows back, we did an episode on college. We did, and it was about launching kids to college because we had just dropped our son off at Grand Canyon University. So this time we're talking about can your kid go to college? Yes. And the answer is? Yes. That's it. That's right, our that's show. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> no, you know what? Um, this is one of those overkill subjects uh, in homeschooling. It's kind of like, you know, will your kids be... Socialize. Socialize. Yeah, I mean, we know the answer to this one. And we actually know the answer to can your kids go to college. Yes, yeah. they can. But we know what we did tonight on this show. For, before we even start talking, can we just tell them where we are? This is painful. It is. We, we're not in our normal studio tonight. So if our voices sound different, we packed our microphones and our soundboard into our suitcase. And then we put that suitcase on a plane. And that plane traveled across the Pacific Ocean to the island of 
Maui. So if you hear the trade winds in the background, it's because we're sitting on the lanai enjoying a Maui sunset and podcasting. It doesn't get any better than this. I think we just had listeners turn you off right now. All right. So back to our show. Sorry for that little aloha break. Um, We know the answer to this question. So what we did for the fun of it was we brought a couple admissions counselors in. Now, it was really easy for us. We got two admission counselors from Grand Canyon because that's where our son's going. And it was actually the admissions counselor uh, he used for his process. Yes. So we sat down with them a few weeks ago and we asked them a whole series of questions. But really, what was the focus, Kenj? Well, our focus was we really wanted to hear from them what they are seeing in homeschooled applicants. Right. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And we told them not to pull any punches. That's right. And we actually primed them a little bit about some of the things we know we've seen in homeschoolers. Yes. And and honestly, it's funny because I thought they would sort of nod their heads like, oh, yeah, and that's what we see too. But there were some things that they, they see that um, surprised me. It's not just that discussion we're having tonight, because I think right now I'd like to take us down a different path. And it's that idea that some homeschoolers, when you talk about college, you know, some of these parents start to get afraid because they're going to send their precious little kids off to the college campus. And we've actually seen fear in homeschoolers. And so the decision is, no, college isn't even an option. Right. Um, I actually remember hearing uh, a recording of a speech that was given probably a decade ago or so by a prominent homeschool leader who just put the fear (laughs) into everyone about pot smoking and just everything that happens on a college campus. And um, it worked. I remember thinking, I am not letting my kids go to college because did we, you, did you and I see some of that going on in the secular college we both went to? Pot smoking? Yes, we saw pot smoking. (laughs) (laughs) And excessive drinking and promiscuity. Yeah, we saw it all. Yeah. We, and we were, we, odd enough, we found each other in that environment. We did. It was a God thing. But you know, um, I think this is where a lot of times the fear comes in for people who like us who are homeschooling. And the fear is that my kids are going to make the same mistakes I did, and I really want to protect them from doing that. That's a noble thing. That's good. And I think particularly if you're somebody who was not a believer until later in life, and then, you know, Christ came in and absolutely redeemed and restored you and changed your life. Then the pendulum swings way over because you don't want your kids to experience the things you did or, or have the same pitfalls or, or whatever. And so we tend to take that and run with it um, from an attitude of fear when the gospel clearly frees us from living uh, a life based on fear. Yeah, and, and let's talk about one other little aspect here, and that's we're not going to cover every aspect of can your kids go to college or even should they? We're just kind of grabbing right now with our fingertips. We're just pinching this issue mm-hmm. of fear. I mean, there are others. There there are families who believe your kids shouldn't go to college because it's a complete financial waste of time. And for what they want to learn, they don't need a college degree. Mm-hmm. There are others that, boom, blanket, you're going to college because I went to college right. and you're going to go to college and you're going to go to my college and <laughs> I'm going to spend, you know, $200,000 to send you there right. so that you can get a degree in communications. And we all know you don't need a degree in communications <laughs> to do a podcast. <laughs> so really, we're looking at a, a cup. We're just going to pinch one little subject here. Now, let's let's go down this fear thing a little bit more. Let's push on our listeners a little bit more. Maybe somebody that heard the same speech you did a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Um, this concern that an 18-year-old, a 17-year-old, you're going to be shipping them off to school and they're going to be exposed to a variety of sins, a variety of sinful behaviors, and just a variety of of things that's going to turn their faith inside out and make them walk from Jesus. Are are they forgetting one small little part about their own child? Oh, yeah. Um, My kids are sinners. Your kids are sinners. All of our children are sinners. So... I don't know who we think is going to be tainting our own kids. We need to be worried about our own kids tainting yeah. others. <laughs> we talked about this on the Hope Shifting 
episode, background episode three, four, somewhere at the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, this idea that our kids are the perfect ones. Right. And they're going to be affected by the world. That that was a lie we believed. It's like that illustration that we learned a bunch of years ago, and it was the one of the, the cute little teddy bear, and you have this cute little teddy bear, and you drop it into a, a sewer of poop, and after you get the teddy bear back, no matter what you do, you really can't clean the stains off of it, so it's going to stay permanently stained. I mean, that that's kind of the fear that I'm seeing people have with their kids. Like, oh, if I put them in this environment, I could get them back, but they're going to be permanently scarred right. by the world. And I remember um, having that conversation so many times based on 1 Corinthians 15, 33. And, you know, that is that do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Um, so it's a, you know, it's a valid concern to say, I don't want my kids to be in an environment that is really going to corrupt them. On the other hand, we're talking about kids who are on the brink of adulthood and they need to make some solidified choices for themselves. If you have not had these conversations with your 17, 18 year old, it's almost too late. And by that, I mean, these conversations about choosing friends wisely or about surrounding yourself with other believers or people who are going to walk alongside of you and really encourage you in your faith, these are conversations that needed to have happened for the first 17, 18 years of their life. And so you know, this fear that we have that like, oh no, we can't put them on a college campus because they'll be corrupted, well, you really should have been having that conversation all along. Because now you have a young adult who's going into this setting and they should be resolved if they are believers, if they love the Lord and they desire to follow him, they should be resolved to surround themselves with good company on their own. Right. And and again, I'm, I want to talk about a few more things that I just think are super practical. Because if you look at the opposite of that, which is, all right, I'm not going to put my kid in the college environment or I'm going to home college them. Um, which means they're going to take classes. They're going to. You know, we have a son that that almost did this. He almost, you know, he tested out of um, different requirements, and he got his degree virtually at home. Mm -hmm. He took some uh, some courses at the community college and several online. Um, what is what is the fear again? The fear is that if they go to school, they're going to be corrupted by teachers who teach humanistic teaching. That mm -hmm. can still happen mm -hmm. at home. Um, are they going to be corrupted by friends that introduce and expose them to things? That can still happen at home. That can happen in the workforce. Um, so here's the last thing I really want to ask about this, and and that's, you know, I'm a dentist. I'm I'm a quote unquote professional. I had to go to a specialized school to do this, right? And, and it's a good thing because I would not want somebody working on <laughs> my teeth yeah. who like learned it out of a book. We have our own schools. <laughs> That's what we have. So, you know, so if your kid is going to say, say one of our children is going to follow my footsteps, mm -hmm. they can't do that with mm -hmm. a community college degree. They can't right. do that with just really good studying or hanging out with dad at the office. Right. So, you know, we actually have to have a kid go to school, get a degree, go on to professional school and get a degree. There was not an option. And right. that, that's a lot of what we we see in a lot of professions. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I really want to have this discussion with our listeners. Would you respond back to us, even if you disagree? We want to talk to you more about this idea of fearfully holding your kid back um, from the experience of college. I would also say if, if fear is your... Um your cross to bear or your mountain that you're having a hard time getting over with your kids, just search scripture for all of the verses that are on fear. There are so many and every single one of them talks about God conquering our fear, that perfect love casts out fear, that he did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power and of love and of self-control. So, you know, really search scripture for what God has to say about fear. Let's leave that topic now. And let's move into really the meat of this dialogue. I mean, we've we've talked about we know our kids can go to college. We know we can put together a, a nice homeschool transcript. We know our kids can take SAT and ACT testing. We know they can do dual enrollment during high school. We know they can take AP classes and get AP credit. So we know our kids uh, technically can go to college. Um, but you know what we wanted to do? We wanted to have some fun. So we invited two college admission counselors into our studio, 
And it, you might notice the the sound sounds a little funny. We were in the we were in the biggest space we could find down at my office where the four of us could sit. So it's a little echoey. But we invited Nick Chandler and Carrie Fox Buttram from Grand Canyon University. They are our local admissions reps in the Central Valley of California to ask them some questions about homeschoolers. And it was a really, really fun interview. We were even surprised with a little of their responses. We were, and um, we hope you'll be encouraged by them like we were. So here we go. Here's the interview, uh, and we hope you like it. My name is Nick Chandler. Uh, I am an admissions counselor for Grand Canyon University, and I represent uh, all private Christian and Catholic schools in the Central Valley here in California, and then I represent all high schools in Monterey County. I am Carrie fox I am an admissions counselor for Grand Canyon University, and I represent Central California and kind of into the foothills. All right, so this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. And we are excited to sit down with uh, Nick and Carrie from Grand Canyon University and talk about whether your homeschool kid can go to college and not just homeschool college at home. (laughs) Right. There's probably some of our listeners that want their kids there all the way through college. Yeah. And that's actually legitimate. Our oldest child is doing college a little out of the box, but we are... Yeah, but I meant mom homeschooling them at home, like a college homeschool at home. That'd be lame. (laughs) But there's probably some that are doing that too. And then the kid finally leaves at like age 25. So... Or maybe they never leave, and then you have a real issue. <laughs> All right, so we have some questions because we know our listeners want to know about their homeschool kid going into uh, college and the in the process. So, okay, so let me tell you that over seventeen years of homeschooling, the most stressful time for me was when Hayden became a freshman, because then all of a sudden school counted, and he had a a goal of going on to to college and to get a master's degree in film. And all of a sudden, all that pressure was on me. So really, I think this is the issue. Our listeners want to know, how do I not mess them up (laughs) in high school? And how do I make sure that the university they want to go to um, will accept everything we've done in those high school years? Right. So you don't get there and they say, you you left out a whole year's worth of information. Right. Or you didn't do science with labs or something. Okay. (laughs) So that's why... uh, we have Nick and Carrie here with us. This is great. We're going to get some good information. So simple, easy question. Is it easy for homeschool kids to go to college? Yes, I believe it is easy for homeschool kids to go to college if they are following simple steps. I mean, Google is a pretty good tool nowadays. They can <laughs> simply Google the information. and Could they go on the YouTubes? Absolutely. Watch <laughs> anything they want. The YouTubes. Yes, That's they can go like. on the YouTubes. Um, Travel but, the internet. But even for the mom since typically it is the mom home teaching. The mom can also go on to the YouTubes or <laughs> Google it or any of that. And, and there's really simple steps that they can follow to really ensure that they're just checking off the boxes. Okay, so Nick, when kids come from a homeschool environment, mm-hmm. does it worry you when you get a homeschool kid? Or do you say, oh, this is just part of it? Uh, no, I just say it's part of it. I So private schools are a little different. I think that's probably the best uh, starting point for homeschool families is to pursue uh, first your state college uh, because they're going to be fairly standard across the state on what they expect in terms of requirements. Private schools have a lot of flexibility. So a lot of times I'll get homeschoolers that didn't take foreign language and a lot mm-hmm. of the public schools in California won't, um, won't take them. They have to get some foreign language under their belt before they do. And we don't have that requirement. So it's okay if they didn't take foreign language. There's a lot of things in that category for private schools. So I don't worry about it. There's a little bit of the social aspect that I have run into two or three homeschool kids that have gone and visited the campus and come back and basically their world was kind of blown off and (laughs) decided that they could not go to that school. So... Uh, that is the only thing I don't worry about it. I just know that it's something they're going to face. And so I make sure, like I work really hard to make sure a student gets on campus from a homeschool family network before they make a commitment. Okay. Now, what are the things that they should be aware of? What are the things you've seen that they, that they haven't been prepared for academically? Like what should they put to, what should they be bringing? So, cause some of these families aren't going to have, a transcript, like a, an official, 
you know, uh, Central High School, Anytown USA transcript. So Mm -hmm. what are you looking for or what are you encouraging parents to bring? And let's just pretend they don't have the the internets to go on right now. So (laughs) what what would you be saying if I just called you and said, hey, what does my kid need Mm -hmm. to apply? And we'll just say GCU because that's your experience. Well, they're going to need a transcript, but when we look up the high school, regardless, it has to be an accredited program. So whatever homeschool your pro, and even if you're doing the self ones that are through the state or through the, you know, different counties, it still has to be accredited and listed as such. And then we send it in and that's how they validate it. Okay. Yeah, and the first, for a lot, most private schools, actually, the first transcript, uh, it doesn't have to be officially and signed and all this other stuff. So a really good starting point is just to send what you have, what you would use, what you can put together. I mean, I had one mom, like, put her name and list the classes, and you could tell she, like, typed in A, B. And I was like, oh, this is not going to go over. But my school is like, well, this is unof- we just want to be clear. This is unofficial, <laughs> but we're going to trust that you're being honest and we're going to mm-hmm. give you uh, what they call conditionally accepted, conditionally accepted mm-hmm. meaning it's mm-hmm. conditional on an official transcript with a signature. Okay. But yeah. it took like one of my parents at a homeschool parent who's doing kind of what you're doing, Kendra, where mm-hmm. it's like your own self-made homeschool mm-hmm. program. And it took her almost three months to get the proper paperwork needed to prove that it was accredited. So, and she was wanting to register pretty late into the cycle. So it was getting like, you don't have a lot of options and GCU is a really great fit for you. Um, all right. So, uh, we've, we've seen some families put together some fancy things. Yeah. We've seen portfolios that list every book the child read that, you know, just a huge packet like that. Is that necessary to produce something like that? Not for us, okay. uh, so there are different types of schools, right? So there's the competitive school, mm-hmm. which always has more students apply than they have room for. Mm-hmm. So that school is going to ask for additional information to prove how awesome your child is. Uh, I don't care, really. <laughs> I mean, Nor do I. I'm sure your child is awesome. I've had <laughs> students call, families call me, and they... For 20 minutes before they even get oh. to the thing, they tell me all the kids' accolades and where they've been. And I'm like, I, you use my name, right? So yeah. I'm going to just, I was so excited, but really it was just like, <laughs> let's get to the, it's time to go to school part, you know? <laughs> and uh, because all of that ultimately doesn't matter for admissions mm-hmm. in a school that's not competitive. Uh, ultimately, what we want to know, what's their GPA? Mm-hmm. So, and did they take the SAT or ACTs? And mm-hmm. we will use that information to admit them. Uh, now, if you're looking at a competitive school, it would be different. They're going to want, I mean, they're not going to want to know all that in the first call, but eventually they may have an interview, right? Where you sit mm-hmm. with an alumni or an actual admissions counselor and you're interviewing for why you, the awesome homeschooler, should go to this school and will add and be benefit a benefit to this institution. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it depends on the school, but but if you're going to sign up for those tests, you're on College Board. Do a search on College Board. Okay. Collegeboard.com is probably your best bet. And you can search it by where you want to go, how many people are there, uh, the type of student. And then on there, you could put specifically about majors. It's going to tell you, do you need a portfolio? Do you need that? I mean, I think if you just do that basic College Board search, it's going to give you what you're going to need. Okay. Okay. So that leads <laughs> to another question, which is, um, is there something that, that they should be prepped for? in an interview setting that you think they either are or are not very well prepared for, like sitting down, um, being the spokesperson maybe, as opposed to their parents doing all the talking for them. Mm -hmm. Do you have any feedback for us on that? Yeah, so we don't do official interviews, but we do have registration appointments, which is a time for us to gauge where the student's at socially and academically. I consider it an interview. You I'm like, "Mm, I'm not going to make it here, buddy. And we do use those appointments to... You know, we, we use those appointments as a guide yeah. to know, like, this is going to be a good fit or we should start encouraging the student to look elsewhere. <laughs> so one of the things that I have faced with homeschool families is, yeah, the parents, the, the, the student comes and sits there and it's never clear whether they are even interested in attending the school or not. Right. Yeah. It is definitely clear that the parent uh. is interested in them attending the school. Uh, and so every question I ask is you know, answered by the parent or, or the, or the parent will wait, like expecting that this student is going to change who they are in the 30 seconds that we're in this interview. And then the student will look at the parent and like, kind of, okay, you know, do what you do. (laughs) And so, and so that is something that can be, 
Uh, and part of, we consider part of our job is to try to draw it out. Like I will make another appointment with the student by himself and encourage the parent, hey, can I just meet with the student? And then I'll ask him like, so what's the truth? <laughs> yeah. do, do you actually want to go to college? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure that's probably not, I mean, we're asking, we're going down a path that that doesn't have to necessarily be a homeschool kid. That can yeah. just be. That's true. We any, call them helicopter parents. But yes, that yeah. could be any family. Uh, yeah. But that is something we have faced uh, in the homeschool community at times. Um, but typically, and then you have those families that it's just like, I, you know, I wouldn't have even known that it was a homeschool kid until they told me two weeks later, you know? So it's, this is not, you know, this is not a rule obviously, but I find my, I mean, I was a, I worked at a high school, a private Christian high school for four years before GCU. And so I had a lot of students that would come into the high school that had been homeschooled forever. And I, and even in that job and now with the college, I think the biggest thing that I find is they're kind of either or a hundred percent awkward and just a little bit strange and a little bit off. Like they are going to be that art student or film student or, you know, just a little bit kind of quirky in that way. Or they're like, everything is about life learning and nothing is about education. Like <laughs> I'm like, right. right. Their entire science class is like at the Monterey, like Bay Aquarium. Right. That is study. nobody. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's not a lab class. Let's just focus. So that's kind of what I feel like I find the most. So usually I'm spending time with them through the whole process explaining how you, especially if I've met them early on, like as juniors, because we'll try to meet with juniors if we can start prepping them early and say, you really need to start recognizing that college is going to be a blend of both worlds. You cannot just sit in your room and Skype your mom and have her help you with your homework. And you can't just not go to class because you never have to sit in a class either. Yes. So I spend, I would say I spend the majority of my time with homeschool students trying to get them to find the middle. Yeah. One thing homeschoolers are not good at typically is jumping through other people's hoops. And that's one of those things we've told our high schoolers as they've taken classes, you know, their, their high school uh, education in our home has been a mixture of online classes and on-site classes in our home and whatever. And there is an amount of hoop jumping if you are going to be in some sort of a traditional school, whether that's university or a co-op class or, you know, whatever it is, there are hoops to jump through. And I think, uh, we've actually told our kids that a lot of getting your bachelor's degree is hoop jumping. So just jump the hoops, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and that's, that's part of the package. If you want the liberal arts degree, you just have to do that. You have to go to class and sit there with everybody else. And as, as much as we like to say as homeschoolers that education and schooling are two different things, there is a point in life at which if you want to get to from A to B, you've just got to do the schooling thing. That's, that's part of it. All right. So one thing we've done with our family, and I'm not looking for a pat on the back. <laughs> I'm just looking for your response to this because I have a feeling that this is going to um, resonate with our listeners. During their final year, now whether that's their senior year or like our son that, that you know, is, he took a gap year. But during the final year, one thing we've decided to do as families, as parents is pull back decision making. So there's no curfew anymore. Hmm. You're, whether it's like we have a current kid who's in a senior year, he doesn't have a curfew. He, he just needs to let us kind of know. It's out of you know respect. But you're going to make your own decisions financially. You're going to make your own decisions as far as what you do with yourself in ministry, if you're going to plug in, if you're going to be in a, a small group at church or not. And um, we're, we want them to make those decisions now while they're home as opposed to have that be day one when we drop them off at the dorms. Um, Thoughts on that for homeschoolers as far as preparing them for that first year away? Love it. Love it. Every homeschool parent should do that. Okay. (laughs) Like every single student, I think, in general, in life, homeschool or not. Yeah, since this isn't the homeschooling thing, I think we do this our senior years anyway. My my parents did that with me, pretty much. I would say I was on my own with everything. I encourage that for any student out there, male or female. I feel like sometimes maybe parents would not want their daughter to do that, but maybe their son... I think it's just Yeah, maybe it's easier because it's the first sons I know, we've we've had three sons in a row. I don't know. (laughs) Ask us when Abby's a senior, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I agree that it's good. I think especially on the on the faith front or the Jesus front, yeah. uh, you know, Christian school or not. So if they go to a Christian university, they're going to have a lot more opportunity to connect with their faith, but it's not going to be required. They're going to have to choose it. And, you know, their professors are not necessarily going to preach the same sermons you as parents have been preaching for who knows how long. Um, and so, and in a, in a, you know, non-Christian university, even more so, right? So less opportunity and even less preaching the way you've preached over the years. And so to give them a buffer year 
to find their faith and make it their own a little bit at least. It's going to happen way more when they get to college, but at least start that process is incredibly helpful because then, yeah, that transition can just continue when they're in a much more spiritually vulnerable place. They have identity. You've given them their own spiritual identity. Right. Yeah. Super cool. All right, we're halfway done with this interview. We really hope you're liking uh, the time with Nick and Carrie. Um, Kendra, why don't we talk a little bit about iTunes? Oh, you're talking about getting our listeners to please go on over and leave us a review. Okay, so we're halfway through the interview right now. Here's what you need to do. Pause your iPod, your player, your car stereo, whatever it is, however you're listening to us. Go to iTunes, sign in with your account, search for Homeschooling IRL, go to Ratings and Reviews, and leave us a five-star rating. No, here's the deal. <laughs> Don't do that if you're driving, please. <laughs> no. You know, I was on iTunes the other day looking at our, our ratings and reviews, and, and I'm very thankful for all of you that have already done this. But, you know, I was searching for homeschooling podcasts, and you know what I found, Kenj? What? There are not many. But <laughs> <laughs> there are several secular homeschooling podcasts. Yeah. But this concept, this homeschooling in real life, Christian homeschooling, and really talking about things honestly – we're the only ones out there that are doing that. And you know what we see? The reason we do this podcast is we've met a lot of families that are trapped. Um, we've met, we've had critics who've told us, we don't like what you say because we're actually pushing their buttons a little bit. We're actually pushing the boundaries of freedom. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The gospel, hope shifting, you've heard that on every episode of Homeschooling in Real Life. And we found that the gospel can be offensive to legalistic homeschooling families. Fletch, we once were a legalistic homeschooling family. I know. That's why I can say this and know (laughs) that even if you're offended, that would have offended me. Yeah, me too. Uh, And so, you know what? Wait, wait, wait. Can I say something about that? Sure. I'm just going to interrupt you right here and now. (laughs) I was offended several times when somebody poked the stick a little too hard in my sacred cows. And so that is, I think, a really good indicator if something has become an idol in our lives is if we get real defensive right away. Jesus doesn't need us to defend him. Jesus stands on his own. And that's really the only idol we should have. Yeah. And if you're a Christian homeschooler and you're still listening to us at episode number 27, um, we're glad you're listening, but we need to get this word out to other Christian homeschoolers. And iTunes is just one of the ways in which we do it. We'd love for you to go and share our page on Facebook and you know retweet us, all that. But to go on and leave us a review on iTunes, it helps us, and it really helps just get our rankings up so that when people search on iTunes, they find us. So go to iTunes, leave a review, and you know what? You don't even have to be positive. You can just write anything you want for us. We really <laughs> want to hear from you. We we aren't that offended uh, at what people say. We're going to continue to do what we're doing. We're going to continue to be real. We're going to continue to teach people to put their hope in Jesus and in the gospel and to stop relying on formulas. So go do it. We're looking forward to hearing from you there. Now back to our interview. Hey, this is John Wilkerson from The Wired Homeschool over at thewiredhomeschool.com. You're listening to Fletch and Kendra on homeschooling in real life. So one of the interesting things we've noticed in the homeschool community since we've been in it for so long is that homeschoolers can be very defensive. And we've had to prove ourselves for so many years that immediately the response is, well, I did this high school uh, curriculum or this whole track with my kids, and I'm very confident that they're well-educated and they've got a great high school degree. Okay, so then you as an admissions counselor sees what see what this child has done or, you know, they're coming into a college setting and they're not quite prepared or whatever it is. I I understand the defensiveness because I've been there, but I feel like it's time to sort of drop that and face reality. So mm-hmm. what are the realities that home educators need to understand when the child wants to go to college, what are you seeing? Let's be real and say, what are we seeing are the gaps or the holes or what is missing from a homeschool transcript or from a homeschool child 
you know, heading into college. Are, are you seeing anything that's across I do. the board? Yeah. Okay. When it comes to standardized testing, I'm not somebody who loves testing and I know that they still have to do it, but I have a lot of homeschool kids that come in with a high 3.8 to 4.0 range and their test scores, their math is like a 320 and they're, and I'm not a, I, <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not, I do not like standardized testing. I love multiple intelligences. I wish testing went away, but the simple fact is the world functions off testing and it does kind of prove when, when they get there. So that's where if I can get a hold of them early enough on, I'm like, take every test you can find on the internet, take ASVAB, take the SATs and ACT multiple, like standardized testing is going to be part of your world now for at least the next four years, if not yeah. longer. So that's probably the largest gap. I feel that the GPA often does not match what their test scores, even their, if they're doing star or whatever program that they're right. using. Yeah, right. and I often get, well, I won't say often, on a couple of occasions over the past five or six years, I've gotten the, yeah, the speech about how standardized testing, testing is not good education, mm-hmm. and we can't really expect our kids to be able to do that, and I, I mean, I, I, that's, I hear you, you know, I work for this school, <laughs> what do you want me to do, you know, they, they want to know how you're testing, you know, right. uh, and so... For 10,000 students, they all took some kind of test and got in. And we, uh, as an institution, have maybe lower expectations for testing. But if your child is expecting to go to a more prestigious, competitive institution, um, they will care at literally equally about your GPA as they will about your testing. And so I would agree with Carrie. I don't see a lot of gaps, honestly. Uh, in transcripts. Um, you guys, as parents, may know more now that you've had a few students in, in college, uh, what kind of gaps you're seeing in their study, you know, like how they feel prepared or not prepared. Uh, but in terms of transcripts coming in and being admitted, I typically see very high GPAs. Sometimes I think to myself, you know, homeschool is either a really good <laughs> academic place or parents are just like, yeah. I mean, if it was my mom, she's going to give me an A. You oh know? my gosh, my mom would be like, that's a D, Carrie, <laughs> that's right I now. So, I, I mean, I, and I don't know, I mean, I've not been a homeschooler. I don't totally know how the process works, but uh, but I always see very high GPAs. So, um, I don't know how that always translates. Unfortunately, I don't have the privilege of working with students once they get into college. I'm primarily on the front and... Uh, I continue to stalk mine. You know this. I stalk my students the whole time that they're there and probably after. In a healthy Christian way. Of course. I will show up at your door and knock on it and take you to class in your pajamas. Maybe. That maybe happened last year. Um, But I would say the biggest thing of my students, because I did actually have a handful of homeschool students last year and then uh, a few this year that went in and even some that came from really small private high schools, which kind of has the same vibe at times, they're shocked at their level of writing not being what they thought it was too. When they get that first paper back and it's a big fat F and the whole thing is covered in red writing and they send it to their mom and the mom corrects it, it's like nothing's wrong. And the mom's calling me saying, can I call the professor? And I'm like, uh, I just corrected it myself and it's rough. Oh man. Yeah. That I, yeah. I mean, I've experienced that multiple times in the last year and a half actually. How how are you seeing the issue of pride? We talk a lot about, you know, pride being a big issue. Um, and like they're too like proud. I see it with the mom way more than the dad. Okay. But like, I think that that's an issue even in Dad's its, like, I'm still shocked he got into college. Because well, kind of, <laughs> we homeschool, you know. Or like, and, and sometimes it's, yeah. Or sometimes it's ugly, like, well, my wife didn't go to college and she's teaching. I'm like, uh, what? Yeah, that's rewind. Saying, <laughs> that's Apparently you don't want to yeah. kiss anymore. That's or you want to live in a hammock t- in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. So, but it, I see more of that kind of bizarre struggle taking place. I'm like, um, am I really in the middle of this conversation right now? But yeah, I, I feel like mom gets really, like I've had moms like adamant that they're going to call the professor. I'm like, call all you want. Wow. We're a little different than other colleges. <laughs> yeah. That you would call the professor. Okay. So Fletch, even, you know what this even, is. Yeah, I don't even know the professor's You name. know what the problem is. This is an identity issue. Yeah. And it's a, a bit of, no, it is. Yes. I thought we were going to go down hope shifting. It's hope shifting too. Oh, but okay. if you're a mom who's been homeschooling for 17 years, as I have, or all your child from kindergarten to senior year, whatever it is, which is 17 years. No, it's not. Sorry. See, I need, Boy, I need a math class. Our kids are going to suffer in math <laughs> because of their mom. <laughs> right. Okay, but that's it exactly. So you're the mom and all of this rests upon you. And 
I've, I've said to some of my kids, um, I taught you to read. Hello. <laughs> you know, hmm. or you get to those, that senior year and you think I, I did that. I did that. And yeah, I did, but that's not our identity. So bottom line, when the hackles go up and the, the idol is exposed, that pride, I think, just as wrapped up in her identity has been this kid and their education and her homeschooling for all these years. Yeah, and that's ultimately what we talk about almost on every episode is uh, just dropping that idol of of homeschooling and thinking that it's the be-all, end-all. Mm. And, um, and if I can you know, just release you from an admissions standpoint. <laughs> and I have, I have worked in admissions offices, two different, three different schools now and across the board, um, except for the standard jokes you get, no matter where you go about homeschoolers being socially awkward. Uh, we don't care. Right. <laughs> we're, we're not like, you don't come in and we think, Ooh, homeschoolers, you know, like they're going to be smart. You know, we don't think we, we don't, you can smell them from the park. Right. Bus. We really don't care. We, uh, we care about you as an individual yeah. and a student mm-hmm. homeschooling, uh, for us in a college setting, uh, is, is a means to an end. So I don't, I don't disagree that homeschooling can be beneficial. That's, I don't have a, uh, you know, what did you call it? A f- fist in the fight? What did you call Do- it? A dog in the fight. <laughs> dog in the fight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but the point is, like, we as an institution are not um, really interested. Mm-hmm. We just care about you as a student and what's going to be the best fit and academically what's going to be where you're going to be the most successful. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's what's important. And if your student doesn't do well in testing or if they have, you know, sort of a bad GPA, I have never, and I've never heard any of my coworkers think, oh, what adorable homeschool family, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. that parent is terrible, right? right? So, but the, but, the, but the opposite is true too, right? So if someone does really well, they come with a 4.0, I don't think, man, that mom's an awesome homeschool mom, you know? I just think, yes, exactly. uh, yeah, he's a great student, you know? Mm-hmm. And so our emphasis is always going to be on on the student and their you know where they're at, and I never associate it with the family. So, yeah, just to let you guys off the hook a little bit. All right, so we want to give a chance uh, for you to plug the school. So yeah, I mean, I think I would just start by saying in in my experience with admissions. I am really passionate about private Christian education. So whether it's GCU or another private Christian university, I'm passionate about it. I don't really take a, oh, you could do either. I always tell people, you should go to Christian university. (laughs) And that's, uh, it's because I went to a public school. It took me a very long time. I had poor experiences and really no relationships. And my relationship with Jesus was not uh, increased or bettered or anything because of my education. So all that to say, GCU is a Christian university. We're in Phoenix. Uh, and uh, yeah, you could check us out at gcu.edu. Uh, we are the most affordable private Christian university in the country, at least that I know of. Uh, we're currently at 10,500 students, so we're not a small school. So for some students, that means we won't be a good fit. And we totally understand that. But the way that we Uh, help you understand if we're a good fit is we offer students free flights out to campus to check us out to see if we're a good fit to stay the night in the dorms Uh, and I encourage in terms of deciding the college every student the best you can should do that with a few schools uh, to get a feel for whether yeah your student fits well there I don't know if you guys picked that up our listeners that was a free flight (laughs) out to Phoenix (laughs) if you can coordinate uh, school visits with the Super Bowl uh, in 2015, <laughs> it's fantastic. That's you right. get a free flight out to Phoenix. And we actually just bought a golf course and a hotel, which we're revamping to mm-hmm. offer parents, you know, a little incentive to bring their students out to hang out on campus. Wow. How do we get the next six of our kids to go to GCU? That's, That's right. The, wow. <laughs> the beauty is they don't have to go. You just have to want to go, quote unquote. <laughs> and I am your local rep here in Modesto, so you just call me. This is awesome. One of the nice things, I will just do this little plug. We have a program with Homeschool Christian Networks that they can um, join a little partnership we have where they can take uh, online dual enrollment or just college college credits for $52 a unit. So it's basically the same as what your probable local community college might be. Um, And so we've had students come in as, you know, almost as juniors because they have taken a bunch of online courses 
for almost zero dollars. Man, uh, that's fantastic. We'll put that in our show notes for our listeners. That way they can get a direct link for that information. Um, Hey, we want to thank both Nick and Carrie for being on this episode with us and for taking the time out of their schedules to uh, come talk to us. And um, if you have questions for admissions at GCU, uh, Nick mentioned the website, but we'll have a, a link in there to get directly to the admissions department. And uh, if you have questions for us, you want to dis- continue this discussion um, on the episode page or on the blog post we put up, uh, let's start talking about going to college and issues of pride and issues of um, preparation and, and things like that. So thanks, guys, for being in the studio with us. Yeah, thank you. Yep, thank you. So that was a really fun interview, as always. We like having people come into our studio, but, but they were funny. They were a funny uh, <laughs> duo i think fletch they've just kind of seen it all yeah through their doors and you know (laughs) we loved our relationship with nick uh he was great during the whole process with our son nate and so when we asked him you know would you come in and do this um he jumped at the chance and then it was fun for him to bring uh, this new rep in from our area Mm -hmm. too carrie was funny and uh, i think you know when they walked into our studio they saw how serious we were we had mics set up and you know everybody had their own little stand they were they must have just thought we were two goofballs when we asked. So uh, thanks again to them for sitting down with us. From the island of Maui in the beautiful state of Hawaii, we bring you a Hawaiian version of the Hurler's Treasure Chest. All right. So you know what the Hurler's Treasure Chest is. I don't know if our listeners do. That's where we <laughs> dig into this treasure chest yes. of things we love. Yes. That we think other people will love too. Yes. Now, sometimes it's great deals. It's, you know, people we love to do business with. Sometimes it's great foods and great drinks. But tonight we're doing something special. We are doing a Hawaiian version of the Hurler's Treasure Chest. So if you're a reader who's actually never been to the Hawaiian Islands, oh, we have some good things for you to try. So we're going to recommend things that we've liked from Hawaii. Yes. things from... Oh, we're going to really stretch. I'm stretching this one. Tonight. I'm just going to recommend the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Uh, let's go with Kendra first. Okay, well, this is um, a little bit of an oddity, and I don't think people maybe even know about it Hawaii-wide. I don't know. I don't ever see this anywhere else, but there is a little deli cafe here on Maui that we frequent when we're over here. And they serve banana ketchup. I know, it sounds really odd. And uh, I don't know, I've never seen banana ketchup anywhere else. It's not like... Yeah, I don't think that comes up a lot. (laughs) Well, I don't think, it's not like, you know, you think of Hawaii, you think of Lay's, and you think of, you know, little hula skirts and stuff. Nobody says banana ketchup. But I'm telling you, this banana ketchup is fantastic. And you just dip a little fried onion ring in that banana ketchup, the bomb. Hey, that's a good one. I We do frequent that deli every time we're here just for the banana ketchup. All right, Fletch, what is your Hawaiian treasure? Mine's a little bit of a stretch because it's not Maui specific. You know what I'm recommending? Jack no. Johnson. Oh, <laughs> but he's from Hawaii. He is from Hawaii, and, and I love his music. I've loved it for a lot of years. And so if you are a listener of Jack Johnson, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know who he is... Go over to iTunes. Hey, leave us a review while you're there. And then go <laughs> go to the iTunes store and look up Jack Johnson and uh, just take a listen to some of his music. It's very chill. It's very relaxing. We've had it on. Um, we've been we've actually been listening to iTunes radio since we've been here on the island. And we've put on the Jack Johnson station and just really enjoyed it. I love his music. He reminds me of Hawaii every time I listen. So if you're a listener, I think you're going to like it. Give it a listen. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Hurler's Treasure Chest. All right, so here's a cool thing. We put a new feature on our website. And just in case you don't know, our website is www.homeschoolingirl.com, which is where you can send us a message or just find out information about the blog or the podcast. If you go to the Let's Connect drop-down menu and you choose Contact Us, you will find a page where you can send us a direct message. You just type in whatever note you want to. It'll come directly to us. You can also do something brand new there. Do you know what it is, Kenj? I don't. They can send us a voicemail. Hmm. So click on the voicemail button. You have to have your microphone plugged into your computer, and you use the SpeakPipe app 
which we have on our website, and you can record your voice for us, just like you were calling into the show. So we have a listener who did that, and we're going to play that for you right now. Hey, Fletch and Kendra. This is Michelle from sunny California. I am your number one hurler fan. And I just wanted to say hello. Thanks so much for all your hard work and cannot wait to see what uh, you have for us in the future. Talk to you soon. Bye. Fletch, our next episode is called The Internet and Real Life. Wow, The Internet and Real Life. Right. Which means we are going to be taking a look at internet usage in our homes. Uh, When do you let a little one surf the internet. Do you let a little one surf the internet? Yeah, like, do you? (laughs) And um, just some of the issues that come up because we live in this world that is so centered on the internet. Hey, again, if you want to leave us a voicemail, go on the Let's Connect section of our website, hit the Contact Us link, and just send us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you. You might get to hear your voice on the... All right, so that's episode 28, Homeschooling and the Internet. Check it out in two weeks. So that wraps up the show for this episode, but not quite yet. We have some exclusive content for this show. And if you are listening to the Homeschooling IRL podcast for the first time and are wondering, what is this exclusive content? Well, all you need to do is go over to our site at homeschoolingirl.com. Sign up for our newsletter. It's completely free and we will never spam you, but we will send you a password and then you can get into the exclusive content and hear all the extra stuff. Yeah, it's right under the subscriber section on the website. Easy peasy. So this week, if you haven't heard enough about the application process to college, we actually interviewed one more admissions representative, but this one was from our own alma mater, University of the Pacific. Cue the fight song. That's right, Fletch. We interviewed Julian Solas from the University of the Pacific, and he weighs in on what he sees at a secular college from homeschool applicants. Yeah, a great exclusive content, so hop over there. If our listeners want to reach us on Facebook, how do we connect there with them? Yeah, just go to facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl. And for all of our tweeting hurlers, what should they do? They should tweet us at homeschoolirl, and we are just shy of a 1,000 Twitter followers. Let's go, people. Push us over the edge. That's right. We'll tweet you back, too. And lastly, we mentioned this in the middle of the show, but go to iTunes, leave a review. Let's push homeschooling IRL out there. Get it into the ears of people who are just stuck in legalistic, recipe-based homeschooling and faith. And let's just turn the world upside down for Jesus together. See you next time. The Homeschooling IRL podcast is a part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Every show is written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information on this podcast or to contact your hosts, please visit us on our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com.